It's Monday, the 27th of February. It's 7.30 in the evening, and this is the Snowboardcast, episode number 11, SBC 011. I'm coming to you from Turin in the northwest of Italy, the host city for the Winter Olympic Games 2006. To kick off the show tonight, a rocking track from Stingray called 143. You can find it on the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com or on Stingray's site at stingrayonline.com.
That was Stingray with 143. So the Olympic Winter Games 2006 draws to a close at the end of week two, and by all accounts, everything seems to have gone off really, really well. The people of Turin have had a great time. All the visitors have seemed to have been welcomed. The BBC even complimented the people of Turin and the mountains above Turin in the Milky Way of how welcome they were made to feel. All in all, I think it can be considered a great success, even though the Italian Alpine team had a disastrous games with uh, not even one medal and uh, very poor results on Saturday to wind up the whole affair. Having said that, the Italians overall did uh, much, much better than the great British team, with the only ray of hope, the only highlight being the skeleton silver medal from Shelley Redmond. Suddenly the whole two weeks was uh, a very good spectacle, helped in no small part by the two foot of fresh snowfall which fell between the end of the first week and indeed right up until the end of the second week. The snow was uh, variable and light towards the end of the second week and during the second week, but with the 40 plus centimetres, 18 inches that fell over the middle weekend and then another six inches that fell towards the end of the second week, we ended up with a seriously white winter wonderland in the Milky Way and all around Turin. So I was heading up to the mountains on the Friday evening, Friday the 24th of February, and it had been raining in the valley all day Friday, and indeed uh, from Thursday evening it had uh, started to rain, and had been snowing in the mountains through Thursday, through Friday, although not extremely heavily, it was still snowing on the way up on Friday evening, and indeed uh, snowing all through Friday night and still on Saturday morning. As I say, it wasn't snowing particularly heavily, but the continuous snowfall over the 24 hours or so gave a further accumulation of uh, six inches of snow, which brought the snowfall in the previous week or so to two feet in total. Uh, given that the lifts were still closed in San Sicario, we couldn't go and enjoy any of that but that was to come later. Friday night it was still packed in the mountains, difficult to get into restaurants, not taking bookings. Basically there was a huge turnover in the pizza restaurants, mainly due to the fact that the Norwegian team was staying in the pizza restaurant that we would normally go to on a Friday evening. We got there at about 10 o'clock, uh, got served at about 10.30, um, had a good meal, and then it was off to bed for an early start the next morning. The list still being shut in San Sicario on the Saturday and not in fact due to open again until the Monday. On the Saturday morning my plan was to head to Clavier. In the morning it was still snowing, um, not particularly heavily but certainly consistently. There were a few breaks in the cloud coming through. It was clearing very slowly but in fact snowed all morning. Heading across to Clavier via Cesana, I drove to the eight-man gondola which goes down from San Sicario to Cesana, got into the gondola, went down up the three lifts on the other side, 
and couldn't believe my eyes. On the in the woods above Chisana, going into Clavier, there was knee-deep powder everywhere. A fantastic sight to behold. I couldn't wait to get off the chair at the top and get into the powder, get into the woods up there, and uh, really enjoy ourselves. The visibility was surprisingly good, considering it was still snowing, and it was still snowing quite consistently. Not uh, really heavy snow, but uh, the, the sky was quite clear, the clouds were high, and the visibility was perfect. I was obviously using goggles. Um, the snow was knee-deep in the trees, the first few runs we were going down in the powder. There was hardly anybody about because of the weather conditions and the fact that the, uh, a lot of the lifts were still closed due to the Olympics and um, the, a lot of people hadn't been coming up to the area due to the fact that they imagined that there would be a lot of chaos in getting to the lifts and a lot of lift queues. Anyway, I'd heard about the woods above Chisana being one of the great places for off-piece skiing and uh, hadn't had the opportunity after a large snowfall to go and experiment in that particular part of the Milky Way. This was my opportunity. We met up with Sarah and a couple of her friends who were very keen to head into the woods, head into the powder, and so with them to show me the way, who had uh, many years' experience of that particular part of the Milky Way. Uh, we were heading down red and black runs, which never see a snowcat. The only time the snow gets uh, flattened on those pieces in Chisana, their north-facing slopes, is when uh, skiers or snowboarders go down there. This was fantastic. This was knee-deep powder, avoiding the trees, ducking under the trees, in and out from the piste, which hadn't been, uh, hadn't been pisted, so was still fresh powder there as well. Uh, a joy for everyone. It was uh, an absolutely fantastic morning's knee-deep powder in the back country, in the woods above Chisana. The final alpine skiing event of the... Uh, Olympic Winter Games was on the Saturday evening, starting Saturday afternoon in fact, and it was the men's special slalom to be held in Sestriere, with the big Italian hope being Giorgio Rocca, who had actually won already five World Cup races this season, but had performed not very well in the slalom of the combined event in Sestriere in the Olympic Games. And... Unfortunately for him and unfortunately for the Italian hopes, Rocca crashed out in the first run, so didn't even get to take part in the second run, as a result of which the majority of the crowd which was there to support Rocca, a huge Italian interest in this particular race, all left pretty much after the first run and didn't bother to wait to see the second run. Completely disappointed, completely disillusioned and... Um, as a result, the Saturday night party, which would have ensued had Rocker come in and got the gold medal, was very definitely cancelled. And now a song from an indie rock band from Bristol in the United Kingdom. The band is called Kings Down, the track is called Signs, and you can find it at the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Everybody's telling me that I'm an idiot 
Look at him stumble in his own silhouette Look at him fumble with a bag of cigarettes Look at him stumble in his own vomit You can show me the sign But I can see them for myself, myself Something is blurring the lines The lines I drive for myself, myself I know that I want I'm making it up tonight Yeah, I know that I want Be making it out tonight Whispers say that I'm an idiot As if I can't count to five Or say the alphabet Don't you know I'm only young And I don't give a shit I live under the sun Like Captain Planet You can show me the signs But I can steal them from myself, myself Something is blurring the lines The lines I draw for myself, myself Sometimes I get the feeling The signs ain't quite clear enough Cause I'm saying things that have no meaning But at least I'm having fun I'm 
Yeah, I know that you know, and you know that I know that you know. Yeah, I know. That track was sent to me by Luke, who is one of the band members of Kingsdown, and that song was called Signs. There were fireworks planned in the Olympic Mountains in Chisana and Clevier, which we saw on Saturday night. It was quite early to bed, around about midnight, to get up bright and early for a full day in the powder on the Sunday morning. We had discovered that the San Sicario lifts were going to open a day early, so everything was going to be open on the Sunday with two weeks of snowfall or a week and a half of snowfall, recent snowfall and no one having skied any of the off-piste, no one having skied pretty much anywhere in San Sicario for two weeks while the Olympics were on other than on the Olympic piece, of course. I have to say that I couldn't wait for nine o'clock the next morning when the lifts were due to open So on the Sunday morning, I was up bright and early, ready to uh, get ready to go out. I was intending to be at the lift for five to nine. It was glorious sunshine, very crisp, very clear blue skies. And by ten to nine, I was outside the back door of the chalet, clipped in with the nose of my snowboard pointing downhill, ready to ride through the powder which was around the chalet everywhere, down to the first four-man chair, which would take me up into my paradise. Okay, so the lift opened at nine o'clock. It was straight up the first four-man from the village, down to the other fast four-man, which takes you up to La Salette, which is the ski lodge La Salette four-man chair. And in five swift minutes, I was at the top of piece number 72. First run off the lift for me was straight down between the two piece, 72 and 78, which took me into a slightly wooded area with a little gully, virgin powder all the way down, knee deep, it was like flying down through the trees, across a small track, into off the track and into some, some more trees through a route that I've taken time and time again before, but never, ever, ever have I managed to hit this run with no one having gone down it before me, just to see wide, clear, open, fresh snow fields in front of me. I could go anywhere I wanted, do anything I wanted, no fears of hitting ruts, hitting anything that had been done previously. We had like two and a half foot, three foot of powder there of the accumulated snowfalls, with two foot of that having come down in the previous week. This really was heaven on earth. I just couldn't believe it. From there I carried on down to the other four-man chair, the Rocha Rotonde chair at Soli Berth, which uh, took me even higher up, up to the Rocha Rotonde, which is approximately 2,400 meters or 7,500 feet or so. From there I headed straight out, turned right under the lift, again into a pure virgin snowfield, down under the lift, unbelievable, down run 72, off piece most of the way until we got into the woods, below the tree line, headed straight into the trees, down the left hand side of 72, again this was, this was unbelievable stuff, complete fresh powder everywhere, 
There was hardly anybody around. We were the first ones going down through these trees, all the way down to the bottom, thoroughly satisfied to get the chairlift back up again. I have to say that the Milky Way, the Via Lattea, which is run by a company called Sestriere Spa, which is an Italian company, it's like a limited company, and it has its headquarters based in the resort of Sestriere, but owns all of the lifts in Sestriere, Sausidu, San Sicario, Cesana, Clavier, basically on the Italian side of the border for the Milky Way lifts. It has done us so proud to get those lifts open on the Sunday. Originally, according to the schedule of the Winter Olympics, the lifts weren't due to open in San Sicario or Sestriere until, in fact, the Monday after that weekend, so the Monday after the closing ceremony. In fact, the lifts then opened a day early, so to open them up on the Sunday and to have everything prepared so well, all the lifts running, the connections all running, with this huge, huge uh, snowfall. It was really, really thanks to the efforts of the Milky Way. This time they'd done all of their season ticket holders a great service. Our plan at this point was to head right back up to the top and cut across to the top of piece number 21, where in theory it should have been possible for us to head down a run called Rio Nero, which is a black run completely north-facing and a real uh, perfect run for off-piste. It's got off-piste on both sides, loads of powder. It's just uh, you need to be careful to keep out of uh, a serious avalanche chute, which is further over to the left. But if you stay away from the ridge, don't go past the ridge, uh, there's not a problem. The chute isn't a danger for the piste even. In fact, uh, I was there one day three years ago when an avalanche came off there, fell off the crest of the overhang, the wind, wind-blown overhang, and tumbled all of the way down in the funnel and created a cloud of, of snow, but um, the avalanche didn't arrive at the piste, which in actual fact runs slightly to the north of the funnel. So we get to the top of the Freitev drag lift and head towards the, the path which would take us on a slow descent down to the top of piece 21 and the top of the Rio Nero San Sicario drag lift. Unfortunately, there's um, a Red Cross um, volunteer standing in front of the path explaining that he'd been there since 8 o'clock that morning and uh, it was unsafe to go across that way. There were snowcats working the piece at that time and they were having to put cables in and um, tethered themselves to the piste to prevent them slipping down. There was too much snow, too much avalanche risk. They couldn't open the piste Rio Nero, and there was no way that he was going to let us go over in that direction. I have to say that was a bit of a disappointment because uh, that is a dream piece to go down. There's uh, so much opportunity for off-piste powder, and it takes you into the... Um, Basset Valley which is the valley that divides San Sicario from Salzidu and is uh, in itself a bowl in between the two resorts which has uh, maximum opportunity for powder boarding however not deterred we decided to head in the opposite direction i.e. go down the south facing run which was completely unpisted and itself even closed, but without the same risk of avalanches. 
which took us down to the intermediate station of the new eight-man gondola that runs now from Sestriere up to the top of San Sicario. This is a run that uh, hasn't been open or hasn't really been practicable for at least nine years now, since 1997, when the, there was an old orange two-man chair was in fact closed down and never opened up again. So the only option there when there was enough snowfall was to board all of the way down to Sestriere, but then you had to walk approximately one kilometre across the town of Sestriere to get to the lifts on the other side. However, now with the eight-man gondola in place and in operation, you could just board down through the powder to the intermediate station and then get the eight-man gondola back up. After that, it was down the Freitev run, cut off to the right, down a huge powder wall that I've never been down before, uh, off-piste down there to get to piece number 21, um, at the bottom of this powder wall, I went into a big, big wipeout, rolled forward a couple of times, almost uh, lost my glasses, uh, and boy, was that snow cold. Uh, my glasses were full of snow, my head was full of snow. Uh, I managed to get up, carried on. Fortunately, I was down on, uh, on a downslope still, so I was able to get round a small crest and then... Uh, more powder back onto piece 21. After that, it was uh, into the woods on the other side of piece 21 and pretty much going down the uh, bottom section of uh, the Colombiere off-piste run, uh, which takes you down the extreme southern edge of San Sicario and takes you, in fact, down and out, comes out right behind uh, the chalet. Uh, and if you like, you can get down there and then come back on the on the uh, village foreman. Or alternatively, you cut across uh, slightly earlier and head back across the ski lodge so that you can get the select foreman chair back up to above the tree line. Which is what we did to uh, do the loop again, through the woods again. The, the woods on the other side of 21 are absolutely fantastic. That was certainly one of my favourite off-piece runs. Um, after that, in the afternoon, uh, it was over to the Monte Rota region, which is a lovely wooded area, uh, well below the tree line. Very few people over there. The whole area was still closed. In fact, the lifts weren't open. The piece in theory weren't open, although they were pieced. Um, not that that concerned me too much, because I was... Uh, always on the edge of the beast, if not uh, away from the beast, in powder, enjoying myself, having the time of my life. Okay, then it was uh, a 72 off-piece through the trees again, and then a 21 off-piece again. Uh, now we were heading uh, into uh, 4 o'clock time. The lifts were due to close at 4.30, so we headed up to the top and... What do you know? The guards had gone straight across the path down to the top of 21. We got 21 right from the top, right at the end of the day, down to the bottom. By this time, it was uh, 4.25. Got the last fast four man up, boarded right across, down through the woods on 21 again to leave me with time for three trips round the four man 
in the village, the foreman, which is uh, the, the, the shortest foreman lift in the resort, able to do three fantastic jumps off a, off a track, landing in the powder, by which time it was five o'clock. I was exhausted, completely ecstatic. I haven't had a day like this for three years, must be. The last time was uh, during the big snowfalls of three seasons ago. This really was like the good old days. If you have any feedback for me, you can send it to snowboardcast at gmail.com or you can go to my website at snowboardcast.blogspot.com where you can leave comments or email me relative to any episode and you can find all of the other episodes of the Snowboardcast. To finish the show tonight, here's a track from Jim's Big Ego called WTFMFWTFAYT, a lovely political song about the state of American politics today. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. It's, of course, from the Podsafe Music Network, and you can find it and other tracks from Jim's Big Ego at music.podshow.com. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. See you back here next week. You said I was tired of swatting at flies. And then two flies knocked down the Twin Towers, and a lot of people died. So I thought I'd make that the cornerstone of my campaign. Bring my friends to New York and have them say 9-11 again and again and again. What the fuck, motherfucker? What the fuck are you thinking? What the fuck? the priorities and going to Nam. Like hanging out, doing blow, going AWOL, hitting the bong. You know, back then I just didn't feel like going to war. That's what suckers like John Carrier for. <laughs> what the fuck? What Jesus do. I just don't feel like we should be changing horses in midstream. Even if the horse is on fire and the stream is made of gasoline. I feel the country's much safer with him. Now that we're finally alone in the world. We can win. What the fuck, motherfucker?